モーニングプロジェクトプレゼンツ Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the nichiest podcast ever. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fine episode. Just fine. Not, not, not great, but not terrible. <laughs> just, just, we strive for mediocrity here at the Nichiest, Nichiest. The nichiest, nichiest podcast ever. We're not even just the nichiest podcast ever anymore because we are so niche that we are now the nichiest, nichiest podcast ever. Because we now have imitators out there who they're like, they are making so much money off of talking about games nobody plays that we need to get on that business too. So there's other podcasts now, but we are still like the nichiest of all of those. Nishi podcasts.、Um, and that we are proud of that fact.、Um, and the we in this we starts with Anne. Hello, Anne. Hello. Brian. Hi, Brian. Hello. And I am, as always, Shidoshi.、Um, so, this is our first podcast of the year 2015. I guess same as everything else. It's the same as we always do. It's nothing exactly the same. <laughs> Nothing exciting.、Um, but we did have holidays.、Uh, even Anne, she finally came back to, to God's country and had, get, get to have a real proper Christmas. <laughs> yeah.、Uh, which, is, which is exciting. So let's start with her because I want to know how her trip was. Oh, it was great. It was great. Oh, very relaxing. Three weeks of doing absolutely nothing with my parents. <laughs> so that's, that's good. Well, I mean, what, what, what was your,、um, you know, because I, I know you're saying、oh, I wanted to come back to my family, but that's not why people actually want to come back. They want to、oh. like go to certain places to eat、oh. <laughs> or go to places, certain places to shop. <laughs> they want to see certain things. So, what, what were the things you really wanted to do in coming back to these United States of America? Ah,、uh, well, I have the things I like to eat for sure. Not in Vermont, there aren't so many places I like to eat out. The one my favorite restaurant closed a couple years ago, so <laughs> that's over. But、uh, so. What, kind of, what, kind of, what kind of restaurant was it? It was like a modern sort of, I don't know. The, the one thing that they had that I really liked was their duck confit tacos. But they had like all, it was、mm. very just sort of modern, Western fusion cuisine sort of thing. They had everything, but they were really good and they shut down. I have no idea why. Is, um, I, I associate for some reason pancakes with Vermont. <laughs> do, you, do you eat pancakes there? Are pancakes a big deal? 
Uh, well, maple syrup is big, so that's right, probably okay, where you're getting the pancakes okay. from. Yeah, and we even go. have a um, well, it's a creperie that's really popular, but it's called the Skinny Pancake, and there's huge now. They even had one in the Burlington Airport, which is not there the last time I came. So you've got this like fancy crepe shop in mm. in the airport terminal. <laughs> I think they're called crepes, actually. Uh, Niche, Not in France. Niche, crepe, <laughs> crepe, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, I, I, I mean, I'm weird, all right? I got, I got weird things I like. There's a um, salmon pate that I am super into that they only do at a certain store in Vermont. So I was eating that, like, every night, and that was probably the best thing I ate <laughs> while I was there. Um, and, you know, parents cook cookies and you know the sort of stuff that you have around the holidays turkey which i i did cook a turkey here once i think i may have even talked about this on the podcast before one like around thanksgiving time and we talked about what we all do for thanksgiving but um it's it's very hard to cook a turkey here when it's in the middle of the summer so it was nice to just you know get the that traditional turkey dinner from my dad who's the one that cooks that and yeah yeah, cause, yeah, because you have to have the oven on for like many, many hours. Yeah, yeah, and it heats up the whole place yes. here in Australia, and you, you know, burn. Yes, you're already burning because it's you know ninety degrees or something. But did you get like? I mean, because I saw some of your photos um, <laughs> and your winter wear. Like, like, were, <laughs> did did did. Did you, because I know like for me, when I go home, I'm very, very excited to go back to the cold weather and snow and everything. Um, and then like the first three days are like utter hell while, while <laughs> remembering, you know, how hard it is to deal with that when you're not used to it for, for quite a while. Um, and then you get back used to it again and it's fine. So, you know, like how was the transition for you for, for dealing with the, the drastic change in, in, in weather? Ah, uh, I didn't think it was that bad. I don't believe it was really that cold while we were there. Um, it snowed right before we arrived, and so there was really nice snow for the first few days, and then that all melted, and then it was mm. just like brown through all yep. of Christmas. And then right after I left you all, the, the, I guess I think the whole country had this horrible cold spell and Vermont yeah. got really really cold like negative 20 degrees and I was very happy I missed that part but <laughs> yeah I did, it wasn't quite I mean it was definitely colder than Brisbane but I didn't have too big of a shock as I you know bundled up and was all right I'm hardy <laughs> <laughs> remind me how long the trip is I, I actually like the flying time and oh we've got Going over a 10 and a 12 hour flight and then another one hour flight. So, mm. you know, 23, 24 hours plus then transit okay, wait, wait, time. Wait, a, a 10? <laughs> wait, say that again? <laughs> so, well, the way we do it is, okay. well, the way we have done it for the past two trips is we fly Korean Air because they're the cheapest. Right. So we fly from Brisbane to Seoul. Mm. That's 10 hours. And then Seoul to New York which is 12 hours, and then the mm. one hour to Vermont. If you take something else, we would do Brisbane to, like, the West Coast, which is probably more like 15, 16 hours, but then you've got another six-hour flight to the mm. East Coast and then another one-hour flight. So it's maybe <laughs> it's a little bit longer going to Korea, but it's it's a lot cheaper than the other options. So, 
But I mean, yeah. once you're flying that long, one or two hours longer doesn't make much of a difference. <laughs> right. So it was really bad. We, I had really bad jet lag. I think it took me about a week to recover. I was like totally screwed up. My dad is really, he has a weird system he's kind of on farmers hours even though he's not a farmer so he's up at three in the morning but the first oh. night we arrived i we got in at midnight ate some food didn't go to bed till like one and then i woke up at 3 a.m was wide awake and i came downstairs and my dad's eating breakfast and he's like what what are you doing <laughs> it was just very very surreal to be hanging out with my dad at 3 a.m but yeah so what, we did what, that a while what time, what time did you go to bed then Sorry, my dad? Uh, Probably eight, (laughs) eight or nine. (laughs) So he goes to bed pretty early and wakes up early. I mean, usually he's up by two, I would say. But then, you know, takes naps on and off and kind of weird old man hours. (laughs) I guess I'm kind of shocked that it's it's a 10-hour flight from, from Australia to Korea. Like, yeah. I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's about nine hours to Japan. Wow. Yeah. That's 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 really tough. So, I mean, can... I mean, so when you say flying the West Coast, so you, you actually... You can just go straight all the way across the ocean and and cut to, to America that way? I mean... Do, yeah. Do, do flights do that? Yeah, yeah. They do that. They There's no... You can't do direct from Australia to East Coast, though. You have to stop right. at the West Coast if you're doing that. But, yeah, right. you can get across the ocean without stopping in, like, Hawaii or something. Well, cause, I mean, because I, I know that whenever I go to Japan, like, 99% of the time it's always been you fly up the West Coast, Canada, Alaska, down Russia to get to Japan that way. Huh. So you're, you're typically always kind of flying near land at some point. Mm. Um, and I've only there's only been one time I've flown where it actually went across the ocean. Hmm. But that was a stop in Hawaii. Um when it was going so hmm. so overall all you had fun being back yeah i was a little disappointed though i don't know if it's just me but i stopped by the local game stops because you know you want to check out what they have and usually there's sort of a different kind of selection than what you get in australia so i like to pick up kind of older stuff like if they've got used ds games or psp games or something but i was really disappointed by the selection and they like totally I don't know. All of the ones in Vermont have gone downhill. I went into one the first the first day. <laughs> they happened to be out, so I was like, oh, I'll stop by the GameStop. You know, this is my local shop. I used to go here all the time. And, like, the first thing I saw was a guy carrying a gun, and it freaked me out because I've never seen a person with a gun in Vermont before. And I was like, oh, I hate America. Wait, Get me wait, out wait, of wait, here. Wait, okay, wait, hang on, hang on. Because <laughs> somebody, somebody on NeoGAP basically told that exact same story is they uh, basically went went to gamestop and somebody had a gun in gamestop wow and, and it freaked them out so that wasn't you saying that on new no right? i would i tweeted about it but i didn't yeah but somebody actually posted that on new no, like their, their that story of seeing that. that's weird mm-hmm. but see i and then this caused me to because everybody was asking does vermont have open carry laws and i was like i didn't think so and then i looked it up and apparently vermont has like the most lenient open carry laws <laughs> so that that really surprised me and i was like oh america i hate america <laughs> it was it's just not you know i don't want to go buy my games and have these you know creeps with their guns mm. hanging around it's just a, you know a totally bad vibe but besides that i just had a really hard time finding any good stuff well i mean yeah i, I think at this point like gamesop just is not the place to go to for that yeah. kind of stuff especially 
I mean, because I, I know that they've started gutting all their DS stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it's very, very minimal what they have there anymore. Mm. You got to go to the local shops. You know? But they don't have those in Vermont. Really? <laughs> no. There is there is only the chain stores for games. They don't have any independent game stores. But at least you have maple syrup. Yeah. <laughs> Drown my sorrows in maple syrup. <laughs> Brian, how was your holiday? Uh, my well, compared to Anne's, mine was boring. But even <laughs> even if Anne's story was boring, mine would be boring. Um, we're, we had a very low-key holidays for various reasons, but, like, my, my husband is kind of bah humbug about Christmas, and uh, I'm kind of bah humbug about New Year's, <laughs> so <laughs> between the two of us, I mean, we have, like, we have a very nice dinner on Christmas Eve, and we had a nice dinner on Christmas Day, and we opened presents and talked to my parents, and that's about it. We are just lazy. Yeah, I... I don't like New Year's. I don't. I don't know why. I've just never gotten into it. And yeah. I don't know. I just like I've never really wanted to do much on New Year's and really cared about New Year's. Like I mean, like I'm really, really a big Christmas person, but yeah, New Year's just doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I mean, the, especially now at you know, uh, I'm not twenty anymore, and I've been yes. married for a long time. I have no interest in going to a party. And getting trashed, I can do that at home if I want. <laughs> so, and it's not like my husband really wants to go out either. But um, so it's just kind of funny. And you know, usually we're traveling this time of year. This year we traveled for Thanksgiving. So, in a way, it was nice to just stay home and be lazy and you know read and play games and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think my my big desire on New Year's is like, okay, you go to a friend's house and. You know, your friends are over and you just kind of hang out doing stuff there. Yeah. And everything. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't need to be out at midnight at a party and then out to like three o'clock or whatever. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I guess, did, I mean, like, what are we going to say if we got anything exciting game wise for, for the holidays? Like, did you get anything, Brian? I did. And this uh, will make you really happy because the one game related thing I got was oh wait no I did get a couple other things later I forgot but anyway the the thing that will make you happy is that I got Harvest Moon the Lost Valley for Christmas I'm so <laughs> excited for you cuz the funny thing is I actually um I had it on my Amazon wish list and I think I had sent it to my mother um but after we did our last podcast I took it off uh the wish list but I kind of knew. I was like, "Ooh, I think I still sent it out to someone," and of course, that's what I got. But we'll talk about that more later. Oh, we will. <laughs> um, and and did you get anything? Uh, yeah, I got. I only got two games, I think, um, which were both ones that I wanted, and both 3DS games. So I got Fantasy Life, which I mentioned wanting. So I'm happy to catch up on that since everybody, including Brian, was very positive about that. And I got Pokemon Art Academy, so I'm going to be a pro Pokemon artist by the time I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a very specific life skill to have. You're really, really good at art, but all you can draw are Pokemon. Yeah, that sounds about my speed. (laughs) 
So you have to be like a web comic artist or something. Either that or go work for Game Freak. Yeah. That's all you can do with your talents now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my holiday was kind of weird because we unfortunately had some... Um, I don't know if medical mishap is the proper term for it, but um, part of my household was uh, basically been down with back issues. Oh. Um, so we've done like nothing for the last month and a half or so. Um, yeah, so my, my, my wife hasn't been able to go anywhere or do anything at all. So our Christmas was kind of just sitting around the house and um, as much as she could be getting up to, to have Christmas dinner or whatever. So, mm. so yeah, I mean, because we were, we were supposed to go back to, to my hometown, but we, didn't, we, we ended up not being able to use the tickets, so I had to just cancel them, which is not fun because you don't get a refund uh, oh. on the tickets I had. Because mm-hmm. I bought them with, I got them partially with uh, credit card miles. And so they gave me the credit back, but if I want to use them that credit again, I have to use it like before December. So we can't even use it to go back next year for the holidays. And then we had to pay an extra $200 per ticket mm-hmm. in order mm-hmm. to use it. So... Uh, we already had spent way too much on those tickets anyway, so that's going to suck. But, um, yeah, so my, my, my Christmas has thrown a wrench into my being on this podcast for this episode because I don't have any game I can talk about having played because the game I got myself for Christmas and the game I've only, the only game I've played in the last few weeks is Dragon Age. Oh, the the new Dragon Age Inquisition, uh, and when I say only game I've played, not like I played it for an hour and put it down. Like I've spent fifty hours so far. <laughs> I have just gotten utterly addicted to it, and so that's why I need to talk to you guys today because you have to remind me of why I still play niche games. <laughs> I've forgotten. All I'm playing now are big games from big companies, but Dragon Age is really really good. <laughs> Are we, you, <laughs> what? Are we going to be able to say about you later? It was just a phase. I yes, yes. It's just, maybe it's just a phase I'm going through right now. I'm trying to find myself gaming wise. You know, it's that 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 period of the you know the years where you go out and experiment with things you wouldn't normally try, uh, and then you get back to your old self. Um, yeah, so I I am somehow somehow I am like 50 hours into that, and I started it. Um, I think like on Christmas or the day before Christmas. And I mean, for, for, you know, anybody who knows me, like at this point, I don't play much outside of what I play for work. I just don't have time a lot of the time, you know? So me putting 50 hours into a game like that is just crazy. Yeah. Um, But it's, it's really, really cool. But people unfortunately did not download this podcast to listen to me talk about Dragon Age as much as I would love to spend hours doing so. So we are instead going to talk about uh, niche gaming news. And because the text is purple, that means Brian gets to kick us off. Uh, So we are, sorry to throw a wrench in the works here, but are we talking about the first bullet point there sure we can talk about it. i mean i it, 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 
I mean, it's it's we already know we we know when it's coming out at this point. I mean that 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 we're pretty confident it's not a fake. So yes, yeah, we can talk about it a little bit real quick. And really, it's funny because it's like semi niche and semi not because it's a mainstream product, but it's also you know especially in the United States, it's not like it's tremendously popular, but. Um, so I thought we would talk about the impending release of the new 3DS and the new 3DS XL, assuming both of them are released. Because <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, chatter today about the know. Po- poster that came out that only showed the new 3DS XL, and everybody was like, does this mean the regular-sized one isn't going to come out? And well, okay, do, do, we, do we think Nintendo would actually do that? Who knows? I would hope. That's the problem. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this and, oh, wait, never mind. I, okay. To me, the only regular size one is the white one, but I forgot there is the black one. <laughs> yes. But remember how Nintendo America thinks that Americans hate white. So right. <laughs> I think that might be a reason why they wouldn't bring it over because there's no white one. But, yes, they can get the ugly black so, one. So, okay, so for the standard – so, okay, for the standard – sized new 3ds what what are the colors are they are they black and white black and white and then all of the face plates okay so they do at least have a black color to avoid giving us a white one and strangely that poster that was shown today showed a black and a red uh xl which i don't you know I really need to make some friends at Nintendo of America because I would... Okay, I know they think we hate white, but why do they think Americans are obsessed with black, blue, and red? Every portable system they bring out is like red and black, red and blue, fully black. I mean, apparently I should not live in the United States because I like white and I like pink and I like purple and I hate red and blue and black. It's, it's, no, it's funny, (laughs) it's funny that, like, as, as all gamer inclusive as Nintendo is in terms of, you know, age ranges and genders and everything, that, that they are so, like, strangely, I feel like male, um, and male and, like, 50-year-old adult (laughs) oriented when it comes to their colors. Yes. Because, yeah, they, they have, like, black for, like, the, the young boys and goths i guess and then the burgundy color for the the you know oxygenarians uh, yeah I, I don't know like, like their their color choices make no sense and it it really does throw me off and and you know they can sit here and say well nobody buys white but i don't believe that yeah also how many times in the last like 10 15 years they have rarely released a white system so right. i don't know where they're getting the information from unless they're just doing some kind of you know survey of a select group of people and going off of that i have no idea but whatever it's ridiculous and um i i one second Anna, I'll be, <laughs> you go. I, was gonna, I was gonna say that i i i think i heard that uh ann's favorite uh retail outlet gamestop is going to be <laughs> taking in trades where it's going to be 70 dollars for the regular 3ds and a hundred for the three DS XL to upgrade to the new ones. Hmm. For anybody who wants to trade. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say since we're on the subject, what do you think of the ambassador edition that Europe got? 
I, I think I think that I want Nintendo of Europe, and we can send them Nintendo of America. <laughs> we'll just, yeah. Well, what about because... what about this? They give Australia the new Nintendo 3DS first, but they screw us on the Ambassador Edition. They're like, you get it first, so you don't even get a chance at the Ambassador Edition, even though you're technically Europe. I don't know what I mean. I mean, let's let's be fair here, man. I mean, <laughs> what sense did it make to give Australia the system first? I don't. Like, I don't. I'm speechless. <laughs> I mean, because it's, it's it's not market size. It's not like uh, market just importance. It's not marketing awareness. Um, this is not a brand new system. They're not having to, like you know do street trials on or anything <laughs> like i don't know like it was just so that was such a weird thing and i'm so used to australia just being like forgotten about when it comes to game releases and stuff that that maybe that was, I mean, that's what it was they finally just felt sorry for you enough mm. that they gave you one thing like here here you get the new the new 3ds first and then you have to shut up for the next 10 years again you know right you know what uh, if I can go on like a mini rant here, it kind of fits in with like some things I've been noticing about Nintendo as a whole, where they seem to do these very strange um, like market research, market studies in various regions. But then it's like every time we go to a new console handheld cycle, like, oh, they do it again. But, you know, it's just like so this time uh, Australia gets the the new 3DS first outside of Japan and then. Europe gets the ambassador program kind of willy-nilly, and then, you know, we'll we'll put this special edition 3DS in this location, we'll put this special edition in North America. It's just kind of like, it's like someone's throwing things up into the air going, let's just uh, randomly try things and see. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, look at the, the Amiibos. Look yes. at how much oh, of a gosh. mess that's been in this country. Yeah. <sighs> you know, I... I I don't know. Like, I, I really do think, I mean, just Nintendo America are the worst, absolutely, <laughs> of the bunch. And that's strange because I'm always used to Europe being the worst yeah. branch of, of a company. But I don't know why why they do what they do. And it, and I don't understand, like, they'll have, okay, here's a special edition for this game that you can only get at Nintendo Store in New York. Yeah. If you happen to live there. Yeah. You know, like, what? And, and here's Amiibos that you can only get... If you pre-ordered between 1 p.m. and 1.10 p.m. on a certain <laughs> day that you didn't even know about and we didn't warn you about, like, I don't, I don't yeah. know what they're doing. You know, like you, like, I don't, I don't understand their kind of reasoning for stuff. And, and they've also been doing, especially this generation, but last two, uh, strange things with limited edition systems. Like, I, I just never understand... Uh, you know, Nintendo of America especially seems to hate special edition 3DSs, especially in this country. And then, you know, they'll bring out, like, the Persona Q one, but all of the Pokemon ones that stayed Japan only. And I'm like, I have to imagine if they released, like, the Charizard one, it would have sold at least, you know, a limited amount. I, I don't know. It just seems strange how they make such decisions sometimes. But Yeah. Anyway. What can you do? I, I don't know. I don't know what you can do at this point. I don't know. <laughs> well, you, just, you just smile and take it. So I'm not sure. Maybe I missed it. But did we already say it? So the rumor is that it, it, it's coming out on February 13th. Is that correct? I mean, that's what the, there's been a leaked advertisement. And then we've got, by the time the show airs, everybody will have heard the Nintendo Direct where supposedly they're going to be talking about it. But do you think February is accurate? 
Do we care? Yeah, I, mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think they might be trying that because they, they keep they want to be Apple so bad, I feel like at this point. So, <sighs> you know, but it, it, it doesn't make sense because we already know that the like Nintendo again, I'm sorry to rant on them, but like Nintendo of America acts like the rest of the country. I mean, the rest of the world doesn't exist and that we don't know it exists. You know? <laughs> Like the make, I, I feel like they're gonna make this big deal about the the launch of this new 3ds, and it's like, well, we already know it's out there. You yeah. know, we already know Australia <laughs> got it. We already know Japan got it. We're just waiting for us to get it. It's like you can't make that be a big surprise, but I feel like they want to do that big surprise kind of, oh, it's coming in three weeks, surprise yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, well, but yeah, I mean, you... I, I can, I, so I, I can believe it. Yeah, I can totally believe hmm. it. So either of you want to get one when it comes out? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I I still love my regular 3DS so much and I still use it all the time and but like I I cause I like the 3D. I really do. So after using the new 3DS and trying its its 3D like tracking the face tracking stuff, it just it's it's a lot better to play with. So yeah, I do want it for that reason. Like the nubby thing, I don't care about, but the three D. Yeah, and and I definitely want the regular one with the faceplates. But I will say, for me, actually, the release date hurts me because I I actually wasn't planning on buying one so soon. So I think I will buy one down the road. I mean, I'm perfectly happy with my XL. Um, so I'll get one at some point, but not now. How about you? Oh, well, as I mentioned before, we already have one, the Japanese uh, XL. And, I mean, Sean uses it to play Monster Hunter, but I've played around with it a bit, and it's nice, but I don't feel any burning desire to upgrade. So we've got so many 3DSs in this house. I think I just (laughs) want to hold off for a while. Nintendo doesn't really need any more of my money for 3DS systems. (laughs) <laughs> but if they release like a really, really amazing limited edition, I don't know, maybe I'd be compelled. Hard <laughs> to say. Yeah, like I, 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 like I don't need a new 3DS at all. Like I really don't. But <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I guess I feel like I'm getting to the point where I keep getting more and more worried something's going to happen to my current 3DS. <laughs> I don't know why. And so I'm like, well, I should just upgrade to when the new ones that's not going to save me from anything like losing it or dropping it or something, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Stupid 3ds. Stupid 3ds. I hate liking it. <laughs> I, like, I like, and I, and I like hating it both. So <laughs> what else is going on? Let's, let's, let's cheer up. Cause this, this really has me excited. This next 3ds story. Uh, and I, I will say, before the localization announcement came for it, I had never heard of it. So maybe you two know more about it than I do, since that's more your genre. But apparently, uh, the folks at Circle Entertainment, who they've run over a lot of eShop games, like Witch and Hero, I know is one that I like. And um, did they bring out Fair Faroon, Faroon as well? Anyway, they brought out a lot of uh, 3DS eShop games, and they have announced that they are... Localizing a 13-part visual novel series known in Japan as Harvest December. Um, Although there's no date. Apparently they've just started translating, so it could be a while. But I don't know. I thought it sounds interesting, especially for the North American market, to have a 13-part visual novel series. 
Yeah, I don't know anything about this other than what you just said. <laughs> but that makes me excited. Yeah. Yeah, so. I'm in the same boat. I've heard I had heard of Harvest December before this announcement, but I hadn't really paid much attention to it. I think I mean, I'm gonna I make a snap judgment when I hear that it's 13 parts and I think, oh, well, that seems like a pain in the butt. Like, I don't really you know, like, <laughs> buying each part. I don't know. It's yeah. got to be really good for me to want to, even if they're cheap, you know, just the idea that it's broken into so many parts seems a little nuts. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel the same way. Um, like, in a way, it could be interesting for a market like North America where if it's broken up into pieces maybe people will be more likely to try the first couple or the first one because, you know, it's maybe two hours or something and a yeah. uh, dollar or two dollars, so they'll try it. But I also would imagine it's one of those things that no matter how much some folks like it, by the time you get to the 13th one, it's going to be less and less and less people buying it. <laughs> I always, yeah, I always think that that's the kind of danger of things like this is um, even with like a five-part one, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're in... No matter how much you're enjoying it, your enthusiasm to, because you have to play the game and then keep your interest up and your memory of what happened up long enough to then get to the next chapter. Yeah. And that, I think that gets progressively harder with every chapter. So I think you have more and more drop off. I mean, you know, there was the, um, the updates on the PlayStation stuff where it shows you the rarity of, of of trophies on there so you can see like what percent of players got a certain trophy and there was a game i was playing recently i don't remember what it was but you got a trophy for basically starting the game oh i think it was guilty gear hmm. you got a trophy for just starting the game after you bought it and only 94 percent of people who bought the game got that trophy <laughs> So so literally 6% of people who bought that game at that point in time had never even opened it. <laughs> had never even started the game. And then you go on and I mean you just play you play games and it's just always so interesting to see like you you see people dropping off as they go through the game. But with a typical game, you know, the developer has already gotten your entire sum of money. Yeah. So even if you know they don't care at that point. They don't care if you've only played through one fifth of it. Because they have your money, so it doesn't matter what you know how far you get. But with with things like this, like that's that's if 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 you hook somebody, that's twelve more times you have to convince them to spend money. Yeah. To play it. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, I I think it's an interesting idea if it works, but I think there's such a danger in it not working. Um, that I almost think you know and i don't know that for sure but i feel like that's what like for example ghost trick did on ios where you got like the first chapter for free and then you bought the game and you got the rest of it mm. like i think that's kind of the way to go yeah with this stuff is you know if this is a 13 chapter visual novel give everybody the first chapter for free and and yeah. then um you buy the rest of the game because i just i think it's Ooh, I think it's kind of scary if I was a developer to kind of hope for people to, you know, keep buying it all that way through. But I'm I'm super interested because I don't know what this is and it sounds interesting and and the 3DS doesn't get a whole lot of visual novels. So, yeah. 
Although I will say in their defense, uh, everything I've seen so far, you know, not a whole lot has been released that I've seen. It could be that they're just saying the original is a 13-part series and they're going to release it in some other fashion yeah. outside of Japan. Because you're right. I mean, to me, as much as I like the idea of someone trying something unique and interesting with a release, it seems very uh, risky in this market to put out a 13. I mean, like you might get a bunch of people to bite on the first one, but um, after a couple, I'm sure if you saw the numbers, they would be terrible. So hopefully they have something <laughs> worked out. Yeah. I, was, I mean, I just, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go oh, ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say that I was going to mention that, that they very well could just bundle it into one whole game because the, the cost for localization has got to be pretty high if you're going to do the whole thing. So I think they're you would, Assume they're going to try the best way to get everybody to, you know, yeah. pay for it. And so that they're not localizing these, it would all 13, but then nobody's buying the final 13th part or something. <laughs> the final 10. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so none of us know anything about this game, right? No. No. Hmm. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, but that's kind of exciting. That's kind yeah. of exciting. Like, um, I mean, I guess it's, I guess it kind of fits in because it's, I mean, it's not Japanese, but it's still a niche game. There's a game coming out called Life is Strange next week. Are either of you familiar with this, this game at all? <laughs> no. no. It's, um, it's from the people, it's the company called Don't Nod and they did Remember Me. Oh. Remember Me was oh, a... Yeah. A kind of action adventure game where um, you were this woman who could manipulate people's memories, and Capcom released it for them. And so this this game's about two um, two girls in high school, and it's an episodic game, and they have some sort of adventure. But that's like that, that's literally like all I know is okay. There are two girls are in high school and they're having adventures, but <laughs> I don't know what it's about. And I'm really excited for that because I think so often because of you know I mean we're always on Twitter, we're always on YouTube, we're always on facebook or neogaf or wherever and we're seeing all these screenshots and videos and hands-on reports <laughs> and, and all this stuff and so we always know so much about a lot of this stuff that we, we care about and i know nothing about life is strange and i know nothing about harvest december and so i can kind of go into those and be totally fresh um and that's sometimes when you find like some of the most interesting games is when you go have you know nothing and you have no expectations yeah so and what is this coming out for, by the way? What? Um, I think it's PS4 and Xbox One, huh. maybe PC. I don't know, but it's it said it's it looks like a kind of a different game. Um, not like your typical like killed zombies or soldiers or whatever <laughs> kind of stuff. Like more like an adventure game. Um, so yeah. So like I said, I bet that's why with this Harvest December, I'm kind of excited for it because I know nothing about it. And I guess what's good in this case, because if the first chapter sucks, then, you know, you can just be like, okay, I'm done and just walk away from it. But, True. But um, I don't know, though. Like, I feel like I feel like the Vita's my, which we're going to talk about a lot of Vita stuff in a minute, but I feel like the Vita's my visual novel system, you know? So I almost like I feel like I'm cheating on it if I play visual novels on the 3DS, <laughs> which is strange. Um, but anyway, what's next? 
That's all this is purple for you, Brian. <laughs> you have to do all of well, this. Well, you guys will have to help me out because I can't remember yes. all of the XSEED leaks that have been happening lately. But one of them really shocked me uh, is that, you know, some cyber sleuth uh, discovered that XSEED had bought a URL for uh, a game called Lord of Magna, which most people are assuming is uh, a localization of Marvelous's Kinky No Magna. Uh, which I don't know how many people paid attention to it, but uh, I don't even know if it's known for sure, but I think most people believe it's a 3DS game that was made by a bunch of the Rune Factory uh, team, Um, and it's kind of a strange-looking strategy RPG that kind of bombed in Japan and didn't get very good reviews. So to me, it shocked me because I always liked the looks of it, but I assumed that there was no way anyone was going to localize it, so... I, you know, I was going to say that with uh, Harvest Ember a minute ago. Is like I, I, I continue to, to. Okay, I'm trying to think. Of I'm I'm not surprised. That I continue to be a surprise. Is that is that what I want to say? <laughs> you know, I mean, like I. Every time I'm I'm like okay, I'm shocked this game came over, or is coming over, and I think I'm done being shocked. I get shocked again by something else. <laughs> Well, maybe we're finally seeing the fruits of uh, digital gaming. So, you know, we all complained for so long about giving up cartridges and boxes, but maybe this is the benefit of it is that yep. people are giving, you know, and who knows, maybe five years down the road, if all of them bomb, um, we won't get them anymore. But for, for now, it seems pretty awesome how many games are coming over that we'd never have gotten before. And anything on this one? <laughs> um... Because I know nothing about well, about Kinky no Magna specifically. I was kind of following it because you know they said that some of the uh, Rune Factory people were working on it, and I like Rune Factory. But looking at the screenshots <laughs> and everything, it's just you know one of these you know dumb, boring-looking guys surrounded by a bunch of hot girls with skimpy clothing <laughs> everywhere, and that that kind of, you know, disappointed me. <laughs> I mean, you know, I uh, I feel like I'm always down on these sort of things, and I really don't mean to be if that's your thing, but it's not really my thing, and I'm always reviewing these games that come out in English that are like that, because <laughs> nobody else reviews them, really, and it's <laughs> uh, kind of, you know, tiring. I just... You know, it's just like one more game like that where it doesn't really need to be that way from from my perspective. Like, is this, do they think that the, the game won't sell for other aspects or... I don't know. I mean, the Harvest... Uh, I keep wanting to say Harvest Moon. Rune Factory games had... You could... I think the first couple, maybe you had to play as a guy and you would get married to women. But after that, they started putting in... A female character option and then you could marry men and you know that sort of thing so there was more of a gender balance there but this one is once again you know harem of girls seemingly fawning over one guy type scenario and that just puts me off regardless of the gameplay i mean okay, if it, but, but, it, yeah but let's be let's be fair for a second mm-hmm. okay how is this different than your typical otome game it isn't it's the fact that these are all we're getting in English, not the Ultimate games. 
Oh, okay. And that... That's the problem. And then it's that the Rune Factory people were working on it where I like what they did with Rune Factory, but they're going in this direction and that's not necessarily my thing. And that's fine that they're doing that. It's just maybe not for me. But if the gameplay is really great, then I may be able to, you know, overlook that or I will still enjoy (laughs) it. I mean, I've been playing... um, Senran Kagura for the Vita, the second one, and that is definitely not a game that's aimed at me, and I think I ragged on the 3DS version quite a bit before, but the gameplay in it is pretty solid. It's a lot improved from the 3DS one, so even though uh, some of the other aspects are definitely not for me, I can appreciate that it has, you know, a deep gameplay and that sort of thing, and it is pretty fun to play, but... You know, it's just not really my thing. And, you know, I know Otome games aren't other people's things, and that's fine. It's just what what's getting localized, and it's, you know, it's a little irksome. <laughs> I am, yeah, no, I mean, I'm not saying I disagree with you, because I, I, I am kind of over just <sighs> this kind of game, you know, with, with, like you said, the male character, and then, oh, there's... There's eight females in this game who all, for some reason, are in love with the main character <laughs> right away. Like, not like, I mean, because, you know, you could make that argument in a way with, like, Harvest Moon, for example, right? But that's that's just like, okay, we're going to give you a selection of potential bachelor or bachelorettes. And then you, you go to woo one and you create the relationship with them. You know, whereas this is, yes, they are all fawning over you from the start and... Um, like you're not creating that relationship. It's mm. just being thrust at you from <laughs> from every character, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And 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 I I was gonna say like I wonder if this is a kind of a well they need to make money to make their next more interesting game. So that's why they're doing it kind of project. Or it's a we just see how the market's going project, or is it a we honestly wanted to make this kind of project? I don't know. Yeah, but I I don't know that I'm very interested. But I um I am far more interested in the other games that Xseed supposedly bringing over that came out <laughs> as part of this leak because we are not just and th- these are um these all came from. Uh, the URL registrations. So none of this is confirmed or anything yet, but we also supposedly know that uh, Xanadu Next is coming. And I am just, I just instantly spaced on the name. Corpse Party. Blood Drive. Blood Drive, yes. Blood Drive is coming. Which has me far, far more excited. So Xanadu Next is a remake of sorts of a, an old... I, I had to look this up because I'm not totally familiar with the, with the series, but it's, it's not the Cosmic Fantasy series, and it's not... Um, I, I, okay, so the NES game Facts Xanadu, I believe, was part of this series. Yes. Yeah. So Xanadu was like a, a really old school, like was it one of like the like the real original kind of Japanese RPGs, I believe? Like one of the super old school kind of creating the genre, I think is what it was. And it got remade at one point 
for a different platform, but this is this is kind of like the most recent remake. And when I say recent remake, this came out in 2005, <laughs> I believe. So it's only taken us 10 years to get it, you know? And then Corpse Party Blood Drive is the... It's frustrating because I want Corpse Party 2. But we have to get everything else before that. <laughs> yep. So... The the Corpse Party PC remake got announced <laughs> last year at, at E3, I think it was. Um, and that's still coming. And then now Corpse Party Blood Drive is coming, which I'm excited about. Um, this is the third chapter of the kind of original Corpse Party saga before we actually officially move on to Corpse Party 2. So there was original Corpse Party and then Corpse Party Book of Shadows, which was more of a kind of graphic novel game, whereas Blood Drive gets back to being more the kind of you're walking around worlds and not not really RPG, but kind of the more adventure game. So those two I'm, I'm excited by. Like, I don't know. Like, I know, again, nothing about Xanadu, so that can kind of be a – that might be interesting to try out to to see what it's like, but I'm really excited for Corpse Party. I may be confused. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brian. I'm interrupting everybody today. No, no. Go ahead. Uh, I'm just, I I should have double checked this before the show, but I bought the latest Vita Corpse Party game when I was in Japan, and I think that's not the one that's getting localized, right? This is the PC one, right? No, no, no. The PC one got announced last year. This, This is Vita. Oh, but there is not, a P- not, there not, is a PC one that takes place in a hospital that's separate from the original PC Corpse Party. It's like an offshoot that, one. Is that not? Oh, that's uh. <laughs> <laughs> see, is, is, is is that Corpse Party two? I think it is. Oh, I, I think Corpse Party two is in a hospital. Let me look at the one I've got. <laughs> pretty, I'm pretty sure it's two. This is Blood Drive, the one, the Vita one. Yeah, Blood Drive, yeah. the one that we're. We're going to be getting yeah. in Okay, there. good. Yeah. And then the one for the PC I know has multiple episodes and they haven't finished all the episodes yet. So I guess that's Corpse Party 2 and then maybe they have subtitles or something? Oh, I'm so confused. I don't even know the timelines anymore. And <laughs> Yeah. But um, from what I've played of Blood Drive, I have not finished it, but it is, it, it's a quite a step up in terms of you've got like 3D environments and everything. It's quite nice. So that's okay, I'm, good. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got, I'm confused now because I was, had to do something real quick. Uh, so what did you buy in Japan? The Corpse Party Blood Drive for the Vita. Okay. For the, okay. I, I think it said PC. That's why I was confused. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think, I don't think Corpse Party 2 is out yet. I don't believe. I think it's still coming. Um, but yeah, because there's, there's still, um, there's still, I think, one PSP Corpse Party we didn't get and we probably won't get. And that's kind of like the the fan game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something, something birthday. Yeah, yeah. love birthday. Yeah. I remember <laughs> I just downloaded the demo for it and it was yeah very odd. It was totally fan service <laughs> Yeah. But uh, yeah, so those are exciting. You know, those those people who want to play that that harem girl game, they can play that, and I'll play my getting sliced apart in the <laughs> hospital game, and then anybody else can play Xanadu, and we'll all be happy. 
or at least a small portion of us will all be happy. <laughs> a small portion of the gamers in the world or the United States. <laughs> well, so the Exceed, um, they released an image that was teasing some of the upcoming games. And I think there might have been at least like one more box that we don't know what is. So. Yes, I can't remember. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's uh, There was another announcement. There was oh, the uh, Senno Kiseki game. Oh, I'm spacing on it. And people are yelling at me right now. <laughs> Trails of Cold Steel. I think is what it was. Yeah, because there were there there were there were four games leaked as a part of this. So there there is the and again, just chalks up to me not knowing this the franchise and there's just too many chapters of it. It's the like the Trails in the Sky series. So is it is it Trails <laughs> Trails of Cold Steel? Yeah, that's the last game that got got uh, revealed i only know that uh series from a very 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 um general <laughs> perspective and so i keep i get i i i keep wondering is that for pc is that for vita is that for psp so until someone tells me i just shake my head the ones i <laughs> the, the the most recent chapters i know about came over on P, psp so is this and a psp game then there's it's it's a really big series and the problem is there i we're all talking about something we don't know um (laughs) i think it's broken into trilogies and the problem is exceed said oh we're gonna release like all three of these games and then realize just how much Mm. of pain that ended up being and i think they got two of them out and they are still promising the third one's going to come out but nobody knows when it's actually coming and then trails of cold steel i believe is then um maybe the first chapter of the next trilogy or something like that <laughs> if, if somebody knows it because th- this is like like i am not a falcom person that's the problem i i, I do not know much about falcom stuff um other than ease you yeah know, and that kind of stuff and even then like ease gets so confusing at a certain point uh, so if anybody knows this for sure, you can you can email us in and tell us how stupid we are. <laughs> to us. That's perfectly fine. But yeah, so um, so there were actually four, and I, I believe all four came from the URL stuff, the finding out what they registered. So, so yeah, so Trails of Cold Steel is for the Vita and PS3. Oh, yes, yes, and I'm pretty sure that it's not part of the. Uh, the ones that they're working on already so it's that's that was kind of the gist i was getting from people i know that follow the series closer than i do that they're they're kind of wondering how that's going to go because if they start on another trilogy or something then you know you're going to get people waiting Uh, how long have people been waiting for the other one to conclude you know (laughs) it's been years so yeah (laughs) yep um there's a bunch of other Vita announcements too. There's like this was like just Vita month for the last few weeks. Operation Abyss, New Tokyo Legacy. It's coming to North American Europe this spring from NIS. I don't know much about 
this? Is this the one from the Demon Gaze? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's 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 actually kind of like um. So it's another 3D dungeon crawler. It's got a really interesting art style to me. Yeah. Like I do like the art. Um. Again, like I just I'm just keep getting shocked by all these crazy games that that are getting announced and brought over and. It's funny because it used there used to be a time when you could know every niche Japanese game that made to America, <laughs> you know, and you could be up on it. But now there's just so many that are coming. Yeah. I mean, um, I've got a kind of like a working list that I'll I'll find in a second here. But even bigger news is that we are getting Steins Gate. Yeah. Or Steins Gate, depending on how you pronounce <laughs> that one. Um, and you're going to say, well, we already got Steins Gate, but we did, we did, we got the PC version, but now we are getting the Vita and PS3 versions this year. And I'm very, very excited by this because I've wanted to play this game for a long time. Um, but for some reason in my brain, the PC does not exist as a gaming platform, (laughs) you know? So like this game might as well not have even come out at all at this point. So having it come... To the Vita, it finally makes it real for me. Anybody else excited? <laughs> yeah. I am, I, even though... Oh, you go ahead first. Uh, no, no, no. Keep going. <laughs> oh. Well, I was just going to say, um, it's strange because I'm fairly new to the visual novel genre. Um, and I don't really know the history of like the anime or... The game, but for some reason, every time I've seen it enough that it's intrigued me. So the news that it's coming out has me surprisingly excited. Especially like, even though I don't know why I'm thinking this, but I'm excited that it could possibly, you know, be released at retail, not just digitally, because I like my boxes mm. still. But anyway, so yes, I'm definitely interested. Yeah, I was very much considering picking up the PC release, but then you know I. I don't like playing stuff on the PC either, and especially a visual novel. I really like it on a handheld, so it's great to hear that it will be coming out on PS3 and Vita, and I think it will reach a lot more people that way. Uh, it's definitely considered one of the one of the top tier visual novels, you know, among people that like the genre. And the anime is also considered quite good, so maybe I'll watch that but i think i'll wait till after playing the game since that's the source material <laughs> um yeah i mean I, I i i do think that you know like you said when i when i hear about which novels like this is the one that always is kind of the top of of you know the 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 list i mean there are plenty of other great ones but I, this is this was kind of one of those like holy grail ones that that people really 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 want to brought to English. Yeah. But for a while, it seemed like it was going to just be too hard to do. And it is being brought over. It's by a it's by a company in the UK that I'm not really familiar with. And I believe they said both that they are they can't commit yet to whether or not they'll be doing a physical release as well. They do want to, but they don't know for sure. And that were they saying that I don't know if they know if they're gonna use J-List's translation or not. 
Oh, I don't remember either. Yeah, it sounded, I mean, the last thing I heard, they gave a statement where they weren't sure what the agreement was going to end up being on that. Right. So that made me wonder is like, because if they don't know that, <laughs> then does that mean they haven't started their translation? Mm-hmm. And if so, that's going to be a lot of work to get through. So that makes me feel like it's going to be like late this year, if it's coming this year at all. Or yeah. maybe they'll just decide to use the translation that's already done. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And then um, <clears throat> I didn't mean to skip over it. So, Brian, what is this other uh, PS Vita game that's coming out? Yes. the Well, and so far this is for Japan only, but supposedly yeah. uh, the Vita will be getting a kind of updated port of Sayonara Umahari, uh, Umihara Kawase, uh, which, you know, it's funny. I'm sure lots of people are excited about that. I'm not personally, but, you know, uh, supposedly a better uh, frame rate, some new stages, I think some like altered enemy placements and patterns. Um, But I didn't really, the 3DS version just didn't really do it for me. So I'm not personally excited about it, but I know a lot of other people are. I... This is, I can't, I can't, I can't buy this game again because (laughs) I bought it on DS, still haven't played it. I bought the 3DS remake, I still have not played that yet. So I can't buy it again. I have to play it at some point. I can't just keep buying it. Um, I, I, I don't, uh, it's weird because as much as I love the Vita and as much as I want to play games on the Vita, like I don't know I need this on the Vita. I don't, I just, I think I'm, I think I will try the DS version and that might be fine for me. And I will, I I forgot to say that the Super Famicom version is in here too, but you know, like you just said, that's been released a ton of times too, so. Right. I mean, yeah, because I, I haven't played, like, I haven't played, so it was Yumi's Odd Odyssey on 3DS for the English version. I guess it's just like with this game for some reason, like the the 3D versions throw me off. Hmm. Like I like it being in old 2D. I don't want the polygons and fanciness. <laughs> Fancy, even though it's a, oh, it's it's kind of an ugly game, unfortunately, especially the 3DS one. But it's a very ugly game. But I think it's one of those where like where gameplay trumps. Yeah. Visuals. Oh yeah. So, Anna, is this something you... Have you played any of these? No. Um, no? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't seem like something that would really hook me. Ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would try it, but I don't think I, I'm going to go out of my way to buy it. You know, I, I just... Mm, from what I've seen of the gameplay and heard people say about it it doesn't seem like something that i would be really into but i can understand why people like it and it's cool that it's getting another release but yes i don't have much to say about it sorry (laughs) (laughs) i will say like you to me you should like even through emulation or something you should try the super famicom game It, it like it's it's a very unique style of platformer if you can even call it platformer i mean i really like the idea of it but it, it i it, it's 
a, a strain, you know, it's like one of those games where you just die over and over and over and over and over, and it's very difficult, and in a way that is enjoyable, but it's also, you know, it's like, uh, personally, I don't know how many times I can buy the different games, because I'm just not good at them, so how, many, how much money can I spend on them when, mm. you know, I get to, like, the seventh world, and then I can't go any further or something? Yeah, I, I, I don't know why we do that. <laughs> because I mean, I've done it before. I, I've bought games where like I knew I was never gonna play them, and but you know what? I you know what I think it is. Part of it, it's like there's when you like these kind of games, you know, like these niche Japanese games. Um, I think you get into the mindset of I have to buy it to support it. Yeah. Right. Like that was part of me with with Yumi's. I mean, like I got it on sales. I wasn't playing full price, but it was still like well, I have to buy this because. I want to support them actually bring this game over here finally and and because people have waited so long for the Umihara Kawase games here in America and, and whatnot, you know. So you feel like you have to get it. And, yeah. And then, oh, they bring a new version. Well, I have to get this now to show that they're... We want this kind of game on Vita too and, and whatever. And it's it's the sickness. <laughs> it really is. Like, sometimes you're just like, I, I'm not even going to... I can't, I'm not good at this game. I'm not going to play far in this game, but I have to buy it because I have to support it for some reason. <laughs> yeah. So. And what's your final piece of news here? And the, One more game. The best Vita news of the year so far. <laughs> um, uh, they are making a an official, actual new saga game for Vita, which... I don't know if anyone in the United States or North America actually cares, but, you know, I'm someone who I was obsessed with these as a kid, like Romancing Saga and the Game Boy games and Saga Frontier for the PlayStation. So I'm, I mean, like, I'm a little skeptical, uh, especially with the last um, Unlimited Saga for PS2, which was, like, widely panned. Um, but... I'm looking forward to seeing what it looks like. And also, you know, we have Legend of Legacy coming out for 3DS, which is basically Saga for 3DS, but not in name. So we'll get two Sagas this year, I guess. <laughs> in Japan, at least. I don't know about anywhere else. Do you But do you trust Square Enix at this point? No, no. <laughs> and also, I don't really know, except for kind of, and I cannot remember his name. I'm a bad person, but... um. You know, the person who I think historically has been in charge of the Saga series is heading up this one. But I don't know if any of the other people are, because I know so many of the other people who worked on the Saga series worked on Legend of Legacy. So I don't know how many of them, if any, are also working on the Vita game. I have no idea. So I don't even really know how much it's going to take after the other games in the series. Yeah, I... I... <sighs> I hate to say it, I just I don't know that I trust Square Enix at this point, like to really give me much. I mean, I mean they 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 can start you know producing like Bravely Default and and whatnot. I guess to be fair, but yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm 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 more. It, it's a nice surprise if the game ends up good. Yes, that's true. Sadly, sadly, and. Speaking of games turning out good, <laughs> this is well. It doesn't matter. You know what? It doesn't matter if it's gonna be good or not because it's gonna destroy Japan's economy. 
gaming will will never be the same again once this game is released. Um, <laughs> it'll it'll be the harbinger of of death and destruction everywhere as as children weep for their parents as their eyes are burned out by the glory of this game. Wow, gosh. What's coming? <laughs> well, this isn't even exactly niche, but in fact, it's probably the union of two of the like biggest <laughs> franchises in gaming right now. But <laughs> Puzzle and Dragons is teaming up with Mario for Puzzle and Dragons Super Mario Brothers Edition for 3DS. It was just announced the other day, and it's basically Puzzle and Dragon, you know, but with the uh, Mario skin on it. So all the little bubbles are. Uh, re- you know, they've got Mario items on them, or and then you play with Mario characters and fight Mario enemies, I assume. And, yes, if you don't know Puzzle and Dragons, it was originally a mobile game for iOS and Android that it's like a... Oh, it's a match-three game, but it has a bit of a twist on that where you can, like, you can drag the piece around the board for a limited period of time as long as you want and move multiple pieces at once. So there's a bit of tactic and shuffling stuff around the board before you do your match. So you kind of can chain matches that way. And you have a team of monsters that fight for you. So if you match three green, then your green monster is going to attack for you. And then all the different cover colors will create a combo where all your monsters will go nuts on the enemy and... Stuff like that. And I have actually been quite a fan of the smartphone game. I downloaded the English release when it first came out and have been playing it on and off. It's a free-to-play game, and they do a pretty good job with the, you know, uh, paid mechanics. You've got a stamina meter and that sort of thing. But the the good thing about the 3DS game is you buy it, and theoretically, that's it. Uh, They've released one game so far, Puzzle and Dragons Z for the 3DS, which they announced ages ago that was coming out in English and then never heard another thing about it. But they have once again said that it is coming along with the Mario Brothers edition, so I'm not sure how they're going to handle both of them coming out at once, or uh, maybe they'll stagger it or something. Yeah, that would be really, really weird. I mean, yeah, if they haven't done Z, it seems a bit odd that they would announce the Mario Brothers edition and say, oh, yeah, we're doing both of them, you know, that maybe they should just skip the first one or do the first one and wait to announce Mario Brothers until after the first one's been out. I don't know. And I, I'm not sh- <clears throat> I'm not really sure, like, how popular is Puzzle and Dragons still in, in Japan? Oh, I thought it. I think it's pretty huge, but I is it, is it still? Yeah, I think um, it's still pretty popular. I mean, when I was in Japan in July, there were and you you were in you were in Japan more recently than me, but when I was there, it was you know ads on TV pretty frequently, and you know every I, from what I've heard from um, Elliot, friend of the show, I guess, gay, who's uh, <laughs> working as a teacher, he says all of his kids play it all the time, and it seems like. People are always playing, but I'm not sure exactly how much money it's making, but I know for a while it was definitely, you know, the number one app for paid purchases. So I would assume it's still popular, and I have a feeling this this Mario collaboration is just going to go nuts, I would think. I mean, (laughs) and people who aren't into Puzzle and Dragons already are going to be, you know, get into it because they like Mario and Nintendo, and it just seems pretty crazy that 
you know, Nintendo would well, be teaming a, up it, with them. Yeah, I mean, that's why I wasn't sure. Like, I wasn't sure if this was like, okay, is this like a gigantic at this point? Because, I mean, I just know how, um, like, flash in the pan a lot of these, like, I, iPhone and smartphone games are. <clears throat> so I wasn't sure if this was this was still riding the popularity of, of, of the game in Japan. And so, like, it was just a gigantic, absolute, com- you know, uh, uh, combination. Or if it was... While the series is starting to wane a little bit, this is a really good way to kind of get it back in people's memories hmm. and bring it back up. I'm, I'm trying to look, and I'm, I don't see it. I actually don't see it in top 100 on the iTunes store. Hmm. I'm trying to see if I'm just missing it or not. Um, that's just why, like, like I said, I, was, I wasn't sure because I know just like I know so many of these these games on on mobile are are like that, like just kind of come and go sometimes. But I mean, Puzzle and Dragon was gigantic last i knew in japan so this, this this seems like a really really big collaboration and especially to bring something like that to the 3ds which like you said i mean i'm listening this is a better way to play it um because you just like, kind of pay that money once and you have the game versus the nickel and diming of the free freemium version yeah i mean yeah I found that I never was driven to pay for the free version, so I got plenty of gameplay out of it. I guess for people that like to have a sense of completion, it's good because that way you there, there there's I know in Z there's a story mode and they kind of it's kind of like Pokemon or something. They have you know cute kid characters and they go save the world and all that, and there is a set narrative that you're playing through so you can get the gameplay collect the monsters but at a certain point you know that you've finished it you know you've got all the monsters available and you've cleared the story and you can say well that was fun i'm done with it whereas you know these freemium apps they just keep going forever and they've got new you know new monsters for a limited time and if you only have so many gems to play the limited time you know lottery to get the monster and you run out then you're like oh i really want this monster but i don't have any gems i better pay some money to make sure i can get it you know so that if you easily get kind of hooked by that sort of stuff i can see why the the app wouldn't be as as fulfilling Okay, so so you you would say it's a game that you can play without having to really spend a lot of money on. Oh yeah, sure. I've put in plenty okay. of hours, not paying any money, and it, it, I mean, it, I get sick of it after a little while. So that's good because it, you know it is a match three game at the end of the day. But there are a lot of monsters, and you get them pretty re- regularly. You'll get free tries for the. They have like a gotcha machine where you get a free rare monster every once in a while and you get a new monster and you go, oh this is cool i'm gonna put it in my team and you can there's a lot of it's pretty deep you you have to level up your team and and try different elements and stuff like that but you know if you play it um an hour here or there i don't think you would feel the need to pay for it okay <clears throat> so yeah that's like gigantic gigantic news <laughs> super super huge but you know, you reminded me since you said like about the gotcha machine. Um, have either of you tried that weird new crane game thing on 3ds, <laughs> where you can you can like remake your menus and stuff? Yes. Oh. oh. Uh, but I have again. not paid anything for it, and actually, I think I played it um, a few times within the first days of its release, just because it looked interesting and. 
for me, it's like I will maybe give it more consideration when it's released um, in North America in English. But at the moment, I, I, I'm still not entirely sure, you know, like what each of the options are. And I, I don't really have any interest in um, customizing the look of my Japanese 3DS for some reason. So I'm like, I'll look mm. at it more. It is interesting, but it also seems like a way to lose some money if, you, if you're not careful. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you. Was like, do you are you even interested? So I mean, for people who don't know, it's it's um, it's a crane game thing, and you get I believe a certain amount of free tries. Yes. And then you have to pay for the rest of the the, the tries, and you can collect stickers and icons to remake your 3ds home screen. So you can collect like these little like stickers of characters and stuff, and you can just put them in the kind of spaces where the game icons would go on the bottom screen. Um, where for other things, it'll actually it won't replace. So I need to be careful. It won't replace, but it will duplicate uh, the software on your 3DS, but in a certain style. So for example. If you have, um, let's say, settings, what's for example, it would be if you get the Animal Crossing collection, it would have like an Animal Crossing character that is holding something that represents settings, and then another character that's holding like a shopping bag, and that would be with a store. And like I said, it, does, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's weird because it doesn't replace the old icons for those things, and you, so you have to actually hide those icons in a folder or something if you want, don't want them to be around anymore. But it's like shortcuts that are stylized for the DS's home screen. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, <laughs> Nintendo's doing some weird things lately. And I almost feel like they're just like trying completely random, you know, things. Like, okay, let's put stickers on the home screen. For, like, because for so long we had nothing, right? Yeah absolutely nothing and all of a sudden boom you have like themes and they're going crazy with themes and now there's stickers in front of your themes and stuff and although i mean i have to say it it's an interesting idea because it has to be kind of low effort i mean i can't imagine they have you know um hugely expensive teams or i mean like i can't imagine a lot of these themes or stickers take a lot of time to produce so they probably don't need lots of people to buy them to make money off of them. I'm sure it's a money maker for them. I don't know if it's like something that helps them um, tremendously, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not used to, I'm not used to micropayments <laughs> Nintendo. Yeah, which is is getting bizarre to me. And, and I will say, like, I think I know, I know lots of people who have a problem with the um, um, pin, you know, sticker. Uh, app because it, it's much more focused on payments but like i i like the theme idea personally i don't mind if there's a theme i like spending a dollar or two dollars on a theme to if i want to update my 3ds screen but i can see where yeah. this is a little uh like you like you said you do i think the first time you download the app you get maybe five tries for free and then like on Christmas or New Year's, they gave people three free tries, and every day you can come back for one free try, and then right. maybe you can win free ones in other ways. But I would guess in general, if you really want to get into it, you have to spend some money, which I don't know if I'm going to be willing to do that. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I agree that I, I do really like the themes and stuff, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I can't really blame <laughs> Nintendo, I guess, but it does feel weird to have them jumping on this kind of, you know, free, not free to play per se, but just buy something here, buy something there. Yeah, kind of like yeah. That. So, but. It's not about what we're buying, it's what we're playing. <laughs> and Anne has a game name within a couple question marks after it, so I don't know if she actually played it or not. So I guess we're going to find that out. Oh, this is hard. I don't know. I mean, Shidoshi, you do all the podcasts, and maybe they don't overlap so much, but I'm... Kind of, oh my god, they do so much. It's ridiculous. So I'm finding that now I'm I'm becoming a bit of a regular on the Game Critics podcast, which is great. Plus, I have my own show, and then I have this oh no, one. wait, wait, so 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 wait, wait, <gasps> wait, pimp this. So so okay, what what podcast are you on? Uh, Game Critics. They're GameCritics.com, okay. all one word, and they do a podcast. I think it's generally every other week. They they uh, post new episodes, but they've been going for ages. I think the website is at least near 10 years or more than 10 years old. So they're quite, quite old. And I've been a listener for a while and I occasionally um, do guest reviews for them. And um, I don't, I don't know if it's officially been announced, but I'm a member of their staff now because I've literally written so much for them. They just said, you know, go ahead, you can (laughs) be a member of the staff. And um, yeah, it's it's just sort of a side thing I do. Um, and yeah, they've been inviting me on their show. I think I've been on three or four episodes, and it sounds like oh, they they invited me back again. So I think they like me. And <laughs> uh, but you know, on there I talk about what I've been playing recently. And on you know, I just had um, maybe two weeks ago I did a, a episode of Chick Pixel Plus, which is my podcast. And I'm finding that I'm starting to run out of things to say that aren't repeats. <laughs> so like, I don't want to talk about the same game on every show, but I also don't want to expect everyone to follow me wherever I go. So I'm never sure, you know, should I talk about Bayonetta 2 yet again? Or should I, you know, try to talk about something totally different? So that's a bit of, yeah, I'm never sure what to do with that. Do you have any tips? Uh, no, <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't figured it out either. That's, that's, yeah, I mean, it, it's always a problem. Like, like, like just today, you know, we're, we just finally restarted warning a huge podcast mm. and at least two of the topics we already covered on this, on this show right here, we're going to probably cover again on warning, you know? <laughs> and so they, okay, how do I, do I not say everything I want to say about it now and save stuff for, for later or, you know, so it's, it's, I don't know what you do. You, you know, you know what you do? You don't. You don't do multiple podcasts about video games. Oh, uh, uh, well, then we're screwed. <laughs> do, the, do it about anything else but that because you will very quickly. Because I do three shows where topics can overlap. Yeah. And so it's it's just, it's tough. It really is. And so I have no answer to what to uh, do. Have you ever had anyone, you know, send you a message and say, hey, Shidoshi, I'm sick of hearing you talk about this thing on every single podcast. Why don't you do something different, you know, for once? Or I, I think the worst part of it is really like when you start forgetting what you said where. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and so I'll, I'll do that. I'm like, oh, I've got this interesting story. And you start talking like, yeah, we already heard that. Like, you know, um, so yeah, I just think you have to somehow, you do somehow have to figure out new things to say 
about it. Um, but like, especially like what you've been playing is the worst because, you know, a news, a news story, inevitably the people that you're talking to will bring up their own thoughts on the story and that can lead to new conversations. But if we say, okay, Anne, tell us about <laughs> Bayonetta and then you sit there and talk about Bayonetta for like 10 minutes. And then on next podcast, okay, Anne, tell us about Bayonetta. And you're like, okay, what do I do? Yeah, yeah I, I've already said this, you know. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, just don't do it. Just quit podcasting. That's my, that's, that's my solution. All right, goodbye. But not this podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, so I don't think I've talked much about Pikmin 3 anywhere, so that's why I'm going with that one today. Um, I actually haven't really had a lot of time to play anything since getting back from the U.S. because we immediately launched full-on to buying a property. We're looking at buying a I place. Would, I to talk about yeah. this. Yes, why Why are you buying a house? Because we want to. What, are you crazy? Yeah, I don't know. Well, we're probably not buying a house because in, in Australia, in Brisbane, we probably can't fi- afford a nice house, we've come to realize. Um so it'll probably be a townhouse or a unit, and we're planning on staying in Brisbane, and rent is very expensive, and we're sick of moving all the time, so we figure that it probably is better long-term to to buy a place and settle down. Yeah. So it, it is, what's, what's comparable, what's Brisbane comparable to, like, in the States? Oh, I don't even know. I don't know U.S. prices, though. I know I was telling my parents. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, just in terms of like just overall, like um, city size, you uh, mean, or something? City size and just kind of like cost of living. Mean, I know you don't know exact prices, but is it like a like a Chicago or is it like an L.A. or a San Francisco or New York? I've heard a lot of people compare it to Boston, so okay. not massive, but I don't, I don't even know really. I don't know much about like Chicago either, but I mean, you know. Sydney is like the New York, I think. Melbourne would maybe be more like San Fran, and then <laughs> Brisbane. Yeah, I mean, cause, because I mean, Boston. I mean, San, San Francisco is expensive because there's just no room. Ah, right? yeah, yeah. And it's just like you have to, you only have X amount of space. And New York sounds kind of the same way. Whereas Los Angeles, it's expensive because I guess the weather's really nice, and there's a lot of rich people here and things like that. You know, so I mean, is is Brisbane kind of like a, a, a small place and there's not, not a lot of like options or hmm. is it just an expensive city overall? Well, I, Australian housing in general is extremely expensive compared to, to other countries from what I've read. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so pretty much anywhere it's going to be really pricey unless you go out in the middle of nowhere. But everybody clumps near the, the, the coast. So anywhere on the coast, I think, is going to be pricey. Uh is, is is that why it's expensive? Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Mm. I, mean, I don't know much about this. <laughs> don't ask me about <laughs> why. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, in Brisbane, we have this other issue, which is the floods <laughs> that happened in 2011. And a lot. so you've got this river that runs right through the middle of the city and like all of the inner suburbs. And so a lot of the places that you look at have either been flooded before or may potentially flood. Ooh. And so they may look cheaper on the surface but then you do a little research and you're like oh well that flooded three years ago so maybe i don't want to live there you know and and that i don't think was as much of a issue maybe 10 years ago because people didn't really think about it because it hadn't flooded in a while i think like 74 was the last flood but because 
2011 was so bad, you know, that's really screwed up the market here, from what I can tell. I don't, I don't know much about houses, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it just, and, and renting here is expensive. It just seems like property in general is very pricey, and cost of living in Australia is very high, and, yeah... But we're going to do it anyway, I think, <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, yeah, that really, I mean, the whole past week and a half and, and people have been saying, oh, well, you haven't even been doing it that long, but we don't have, we're not hiring a real estate agent or we haven't done that yet to somebody to kind of help us with looking. So we've been doing it all ourselves and, you know, just learning about how the process works and, you know how you need to do everything, well, how do you get a mortgage, you know, all that stuff, I have no idea, so it's a lot of, a lot of work. <laughs> You're becoming an adult. Oh, yes. <laughs> Isn't it exciting? And then in my free time to sort of escape from everything, I've been playing Pikmin 3, which <laughs> is very, very nice and soothing, except for when the ship leaves at the end of the day and my little Pikmin get eaten by the <laughs> by the monsters and I get really depressed about it. But that that's going to be my game uh, this week. And I've talked about the Wii U before that I got uh, at the end of November and I've been dabbling around with a bunch of different games. So I haven't actually spent more than a few hours with Pikmin Free, but I'm re- I've never played a Pikmin game before. So... Coming to it for the first time, it's just I'm really impressed by how fun it is and how adorable it is, and it just makes me feel great playing it. Honestly, I feel like everybody listening probably knows about Pikmin and is like, oh, whatever, Pikmin. Everybody knows Pikmin, but I I felt that it didn't get it, it got praise when it came out, but it wasn't you know talked about so much, and I was surprised. Maybe people don't think it's much of a step up from the previous entries in the series. I mean, coming to it fresh, it seems really great, but... I, 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 and I don't know if this is connecting to what you're saying, but I do kind of feel like it's <clears throat> one of those games where the fan base really, really knows about it, but it doesn't get a lot of attention outside of that group. Hmm. So I, 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 I do kind of feel like it just kind of came and went without really being noticed a lot, you know, in the hardcore Nintendo people were, were, you know, asking for it, asking for it, and, and I'm sure bought it and enjoyed it. But maybe you're also saying that maybe, maybe they didn't. I don't know. And in terms of, like, I mean, maybe it wasn't what they were expecting. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know about what the, what the hardcore crowd thought, but yeah, it definitely seems to me like the, the people that, you know, have heard that I'm in playing Pikmin and enjoying it they say oh yeah that's awesome pikmin's one of the best wii u games are like yeah the the big fans but i haven't heard when you look at uh you know top 10 games for the wii u you never see pikmin mentioned or you know the big games of the year i forget what year pikmin 3 came out but uh yeah it just seemed like it didn't really make any lists like that and didn't get a whole ton of buzz and probably wasn't a system seller by any means but well, I mean, is, isn't that, though, how Nintendo goes? Oh, like, yeah. Either their games are super mega popular and everybody knows them, or there are these really niche little, um, like, releases that only a very specific group of people know about. Sure, yeah, I think that's definitely the case. I mean, this year you've got 
Mario Kart 8 and Smash, and that's going to overshadow probably like every other Nintendo game on the system until what Zelda comes out, maybe. But right. <laughs> yeah, I'm really enjoying it, and I actually don't mind the touch control. So you you use you like touch on the um, Wii U gamepad screen to direct the cursor for where you want the Pikmin to go and you can tap to sort of shoot them out and I know a lot of people don't always like the Nintendo control systems but I've been having a lot of fun with that and I actually was showing my mom how to play it back when I was at home mm-hmm. and that was fun too because she she just adores the Pikmin and so to hear her squealing over these <laughs> little characters was a lot of fun plus that has um uh, two-player modes where it's not part of the main game, but you can do sort of a versus mode or a co-op mode right. where you're, you know, uh, going against each other to collect the most stuff or helping each other out to try to see how, you know, what the best score you can get is. And I've had a lot of fun playing that with my husband. And we're, you know, it, they're actually quite hard. You think you know what you're doing and then you get to the end and it gives you the equivalent of like a C and you know, the, I could, what? I got everything that was on the screen. How could I, you know, my fruit wasn't worth enough. And the idea that collecting fruit is giving you points is just really quaint to me. So yeah, (laughs) I've had a lot of fun with it and I'm going to try to finish it. I haven't been finishing many games over the past few months. So I hope to pick away at it and, and hopefully complete it. You hope to yeah. pick uh, up. Uh, yeah, I've been making a lot of bad jokes today. <laughs> Brian? So, uh, I am going to very, like, very, very briefly uh, give shout-outs to two games that I was going to talk about today, but I ended up this morning deciding to change my mind. Um, coming out on top is... Uh, PC. This is scandalous. It is. Well, so it's a PC, Mac, uh, gay adult visual novel that I think was just released, like uh, late December. Um, and <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I have played through it a couple times. It is funny and witty. Uh, it's very adult <laughs> if uh, that isn't your thing. So you will want to stay away from it. But um I don't know. It's cute. It's like it follows a, you're kind of a college student and you um, try to woo different, you know, either your roommate or the football player or one of the professors. Um, and anyway, I just liked the writing. I thought it was funny. So I'd say if if the idea of a, you know, X-rated gay visual novel on the PC sounds appealing to you, then I would say go for it. <laughs> so you're always like so sweet and instant on the show. And, like it's so weird to hear you talking about this game. My 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 whole image of you is now crushed. <laughs> well, you know, uh, everything isn't always as it seems. So, oh. <laughs> so uh, who, who was who did you go f- t- for the, the first time you played it? I I went for the football player. <laughs> oh, <laughs> mm, interesting. How many Although, how many know, options I, are there? Oh, I think there are seven. Oh, that's a lot. And there's going to be like DLC. I think the author, who is actually a straight woman, um, is going to release mm-hmm. some like additional characters, or maybe it's like additional storylines with the existing characters. I can't remember. Okay, so now this is very interesting. You said that. So, so you saying that that the author was a straight woman, like. Yeah. 
do you, I mean, do you think she actually captured the the gay experience? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you know, I mean, what is the gay experience? But it definitely is very gay. It doesn't seem like it was written by a straight person. Maybe if it was written by a straight man, it would be different. I mean, like she has admitted that, <laughs> you know, she's. Uh, kind of kinky, and she was really into gay porn at the time she she came up with the story. So uh, apparently, she knows her stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I wouldn't say that you would play it thinking that it wasn't anything but authentic. If that hmm. makes sense, yeah, that's very that's very surprising. Yeah, I mean, because I I just I didn't know that. I wouldn't think that. So I would I would think it's kind of like a. I mean, I guess. I would think it's like a for us by us kind of game. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. And, and one thing I like about it too that is interesting is um, you can at any point decide to change any of the characters. Like you can give them facial hair, you can have them smoothly shaven, you can give them body hair, you can have them shaven. Um, so it's kind of funny that she would give options like that. Oh, hmm. so like, no thank <laughs> you, the, the BL game that's coming out. Is that the same way? Yeah, that, that that's a Japanese oh. BL game, and that's one of the selling points, is that you can <laughs> toggle the, the facial and body hair in that one, too. Yeah. I, I don't know. I liked it, because I think at first I had, a, I had a couple of the characters look a certain way, and I was like, oh, I don't like that. So you can just go into the <laughs> options and change it, and then it changes it on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> So, so that's one of the games, and then another. Wait, wait, wait! wait. <laughs> well, I was say real quick. Um, no, what, what's funny is because I was looking through recently because I was really shocked at how many uh, Otome games are coming over here in English now, yeah. and not necessarily on, on like regular consoles, but like PC and iOS. And I didn't realize this, but there's there's some of these games where you can actually purchase like packs, like sexuality packs. Hmm. So, so like it, it's typically like, hey, it's a Otome game. So you're you're your girl going after all these guys, right? But there, then you can DLC, you can add female characters to the game, or you can make your character male, or things like that. And I didn't even know those were like options for games like that. Huh? I didn't either. Yeah. So and I I, for, I forget who it was, but there was one company in particular where I saw like a number of their games had that where you could like aftermarket purchase the expansions. And it's crazy, right? Because like we think about DLC expansions all the time for a lot of our games, but their DLC expansions were okay. You you change now the gender of your character. You change the gender of the characters you're going after, things like that. Mm. So that's kind of cool in a way, I think. Yeah, I wonder. I, it would be interesting to see how it changes. Like, say it's a typical Otome game, and it's it starts off as a female going after males, and then you change the main character to a male well is it just a change in pronouns and does it seem awkward or does it work i would be i'd be curious to see how well it works Mm. i don't know so okay i have to give you credit then because i i see that you went after the redhead which is a very very good (laughs) choice you made there yes for your football player (laughs) points for that (laughs) uh and then another game even quicker maybe um I'm sure everybody knows about it now, but it, uh, it's called Whoa Dave. <laughs> and uh, when I first started playing, I think it was only iOS, 3DS, and PC, and now it's also on Vita and PS4. Um, and it's your it's like a typical downloadable, you know, kind of spend five ten minutes at a time uh, score attack game. But I don't know, it totally uh, got under my skin for. 
a couple days, I've probably put like six or seven hours into it, which is quite a bit of time. Um, but it's just like a, if you imagined a modern frantic version of Mario Brothers, the first one. Um, and so you're basically, the whole point is you're this little guy that's running around a single screen um, with various platforms and a lava pit on the bottom and enemies kind of pop out of various places and you can pick them up and throw them at each other. Actually, you pick up eggs and you throw them at the enemies um, and when they die, you get coins. And the whole point of the game is to get as many, you know, uh, make as much money as you can before you die. Um, and it's surprisingly addictive and fun. So it's a game, especially for a long time, it was on sale on the, the 3DS eShop for 99 cents. And I was like trying to push people to buy it because you couldn't do better than 99 cents. But, um, and I think it's maybe a PS plus yeah, yeah. Re- reward right now. Um, I, yeah, I, I feel like it yeah, might I think it was this I month. I yeah. I downloaded it. it. So, um, and this, this is from the guys who did the bit trip games. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't know. I mean, to me, I've thought it was a lot of fun. It's good for those moments where you have like 10 minutes, five minutes that you want to play. Um, it's not anything groundbreaking, but it's fun. And if you, you know, if you think the price is right, I would suggest going for it. The, the price is currently free on PS Plus. There you go. You can't do anything. <laughs> nope. So then, uh, the real game. And now, I will say that I am not, uh, this is not as much of a cheerleading segment as the last two games were, which I fully support 100% and love. Um, but I will say. I have spent four to five hours now on Harvest Moon, The Lost Valley for 3DS, <laughs> despite Shidoshi's warnings. Um, and I don't know. I am, maybe it's because I went into it with low expectations. Maybe it's because I have absolutely no experience with Harvest Moon games at all. Um, so I, I, you know, I don't kind of have the hangups that a lot of people have with the series. I wasn't expecting, you know, it to play a certain way. Um, I don't know. I am enjoying it for the most part. There are some issues with it, um, but I like the art style. I kind of like this strange um, sense of like uh, solitude. Or I mean, it's kind of a lonely game at the moment because I'm just alone on this mountain with you know, a couple people stopping by once in a while. It's a very, very lonely game. And and I will say, you know, I'm wonder I think something that's drawing me along is I'm wondering, okay, what's going to happen after this season? You know, because right, it's very. It, I will say it's strange. The game basically starts you off on a mountain. It's winter. I don't know if it's always winter, or if it's just winter when I started the game. Um, Do you want spoilers? Well, I, I doubt it. I don't really care. I mean, they're not, they're not really spoilers in the grand scheme of things, but I mean, I can answer those questions for you. If you answered. <laughs> sure, go ahead. So, and this is this was one of the big grabs I had about it was um, a a farming game, <laughs> a game based around you growing crops and other things that grow during seasons where <laughs> things grow. Um, sticks you right away in winter, and unless you are really, really on the ball about things, 
you will be in winter for a full year cycle of the game. Oh. <laughs> and, and and even then, if you screw up and don't get everything done, you could be in winter for longer. Oh. Eternal winter. <laughs> well, okay, so I will say, like I said, it was a little shocking to me that a game would start you off in winter because it's yep. already kind of a bleak game at the beginning because you're totally mm-hmm. alone and there's just this little sprite that helps you out and very, you know, a couple days later, uh, like a store owner will stop by, but you have no neighbors. There are no other, you know, I don't actually know when the hell I'm going to get to the point where I have animals at the moment. It's just me in a house and I go outside and I plant my broccoli and I plant flowers and I kind of like, Oh, I'm going to work on the mountain today. I'm going to, you know, make a path or I'm going to cut down some trees. But I, and in a way, I think that's actually really interesting like it's a weird feeling in a video game especially one that's i'm guessing usually the series is kind of cheerful where i feel like you know it's an apocalypse has happened and i'm on this in this mountain <laughs> yes. alone um and i like that in a way but you know i can sense if this is how the game is if it's never going to change then i will probably give up on it at some point but at the moment i'm kind of enjoying it and i'm kind of enjoy, you know running around and altering the landscape or planting things and looking forward to, you know, Hey, what's going to happen? And I'm in, supposedly I'm in spring, even though it's snowing constantly. Um, what's going to happen in summer? Is it going to look different? When am I going to get the animals? Um, so I will, I, I was, I, I'm really, really curious <laughs> to hear your opinion farther on, because at the point that you're at right now, I still liked the game. <laughs> um, but I think it it has I mean it has one of the worst beginnings to a game I've seen in a long long time because that that feeling you feel right now you're going to have it for at least <laughs> another 15 hours or more <laughs> of of gameplay. And I'm, I'm 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 not kidding. And, and very strange. Yeah, like it locks you in winter for like the cuz the whole the 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 storyline of the game is that you make you make it to this this valley and the valley's in winter time and you have to revive the seasons and then kind of bring life back to the valley and my my argument was that should have been like a 15 minute task yeah right? is you get to the valley it's all winter there's nobody there there's nothing there so you you lift this curse and then the game just by your playing is you bringing life back to the valley planting crops planting trees planting flowers you know remaking the landscape that that right there like <laughs> they already have what you should be doing in the game but they then stick you in there for like i said like the the entire first year of the game mm. is winter unless so here here's the thing is is you so right now you're working on bringing spring back and i don't think you're going to make it in time to bring spring back. <laughs> um so, summertime you can possibly get and so you'll you'll bring back summertime for example right let's say you bring it back on on summer day 25 well so then you you then have five or six days of summertime and then it goes right back to being winter (laughs) (laughs) so they they, kind of like tease you with like okay here's a small little taste of what you'll get someday um and then throw you back into winter and and so it it really um just kind of like drags your spirit down for for, for (laughs) the game and and I think other problem too, which I said again, I'm I I I'm not trying to tell you like guys enjoy it and that's a problem, but I I want to see what you end up thinking is because for me, um, the longer I went on, the more I just realized that 
there was too much missing and they tried to do they tried to do too many mm. things but didn't do it enough like you're talking about how the villagers just kind of strangely hang around your house yeah. on random days yeah. you know like with all the things they put into the game about building up the valley and being able to change the landscape and stuff like why couldn't you have you know built uh, stores mm. like even if you can't build like a gigantic town or anything you should have been able to build like some sort of buildings because there's a there's a lot of space in that yes. in that valley yeah. for you, and the further you get on, the more you realize just how fast the days go. So you don't have a whole lot of time to do a lot of things every day, yeah. because, um, you know if you, if you've coming from previous Harvest Moon games, this game has no item upgrades mm-hmm. at all. Yep. So a year from now, in game wise, you'll still be watering your plants one plant. <laughs> You know, you'll you'll still be like hoeing gra- ground one square at a time. <laughs> so you 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 can't do a whole lot. So they gave you a lot of space, and they don't do anything with it. So they should have let you at least set up stores in certain places, um, giving you just a little more variety in this or that. So it's it's like it's like a. a somebody who's gone through like training to work in a new new job and it's their like first week and you're like man you're getting a lot of things wrong but i think that if you're if you stick around for a while and keep working you'll you'll get better you know <laughs> so i i think that if they if they take this idea and they they work on it again for the next game and build more on top of it and actually listen to the criticism and fix those mistakes that I think they can make a really, really good game with what they're building. It's just way too rough now. And the the whole storyline of the Valley being in winter was a completely wrong <laughs> decision. I mean, it's just a humongously wrong decision. It, especially if it lasts that long. I mean, it, it's a very strange, Especially for a game that's supposed to be cheery, it's a weird way to start a game. A cheery game about farming. <laughs> yeah, puts you in winter time for a year. Although I will say, like that is one of the reasons I found it kind of appealing. Because even even if this is just one massive screw up on someone's part, I I still find it interesting that someone has oh, the no, balls yeah. to like drop us into winter and make it be depressing in a way and and lonely and i'm like wow i really am impressed in a way that someone decided to go that route whether it ends up being um enjoyable in the end or not and also i one of the main gripes i have for it at the moment is just that you know i think i've played 11 or 12 days maybe at the most of um in-game days um and i still don't entirely I'm finally starting to get things where they tell me what, you know, you need to plant 10 pink flowers before something can show up or whatever. But before then, I I was like, I don't really know what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. And, right. and I don't know, like, if I chop these trees down, will I be able to plant them again later? Or, you know, if I do this, you know, I don't, am I supposed to just take up the entire space of the game with whatever I want to do, or am I supposed to leave spaces open? And so, you know, I've spent a lot of days just kind of going around doing what I wanted, but also kind of being afraid, well, I don't want to screw anything up if something changes down the road. So they don't really give you, I'm glad that they give you a a lot of leeway, but it's also kind of, you feel like you're kind of flailing around because you have no direction in terms of what you're supposed to be doing. So 
that will be interesting to see how that ends up. <laughs> but I will say, the fact that I've put five hours into it so far is a hell of a lot more than I ever put into Hometown Story. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, yeah. it's, it, it's oh, at least yeah. captured my attention that much. Oh, that was... <laughs> I, felt, I felt so bad because I, I, I love the guy who made that. Um, he's a nice guy, but... Oh, that was a brutal game. Yeah. No, it's it's Lost Valley is utterly fascinating. It really, really is. It's a really interesting game. It's really interesting that the choices they made for it and the directions they went. And I love the fact that we now have these two competing franchises in this and Story of Seasons, you know. Um, but it's it's. Uh, like you know, I don't expect much development prowess from Natsume, so that I understand. But at the same time, the fact they handled the series in America for what seventeen some years, <laughs> you would think that they would have a better grip on what they should do in their own game. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I, I do I just feel like it was it was I don't know if it was rushed or or, or what, but it's rough. But I'm. Excited to see what the next version is. Yeah. So, and I will do my best to keep playing despite what you've. You know, I I at least want to see. Yeah. A, a full year and see what happens. I, I don't know. I feel like you know I've barely scratched the surface so far, so I can't give up yet. Well, we'll we need, we should make a bet on if if you make the, the first year. <laughs> okay. Yeah, actually survive the entire first year. Well, if we make a bet, though, then the sad thing is I will like make myself. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, like I said, I have nothing. Cause I, all, <laughs> every single game moment I've had lately has gone straight to Dragon Age. I'm, I'm sitting here now, like, I'm like, I don't want to do this podcast. I'm going to be playing that game. I'm not talking to these weirdos. Um, yeah, so I, I uh, well, no, to be fair, I have been playing some really tiny little games on the 3DS. I was playing, let me get the name, I don't remember it offhand. It's, uh, what is this game called? It is called... The Legend of Dark Witch oh. Chronicle, or no, I'm sorry, The Legend of Dark Witch. Yes, I I was I'm playing that right now. It's it's like a cross between what did I call it? Oh, a uh, Mega Man and Gradius. Hmm. So it plays like Mega Man, but as you're playing each stage, you're you're killing things and getting these little like bonus points that at the bottom of the screen is a little meter that builds up, and so as it goes, it builds up. Once it hits a certain point, you can then get what is currently highlighted. So you can like make your speed faster or better jump or more powerful weapons or things like that. So that's kind of cool. And then I, through the um, Club Nintendo rewards, I got Tokyo Crash Mobs for free, which is that oh. really, really weird game. It's it's like Magnetica. Yeah. But it's like a, a, a white girl and a Japanese girl. So it's all it's all like photographed real people in the game, and you're in you're in like lines, and you're trying to like get the line out of the way so you can get to the front of the line. Really, really bizarre and just very peculiar cutscenes, but it's a lot of fun. Hmm. In 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 terms of the weirdness, so I, I've I've been playing those, and I picked up a few games on the eShop sales. I got I had all the rest of the guild games, but I didn't have Bugs versus Tanks. So I bought that. I bought Ikachan, which is the follow-up game from the guy who made Cave Story. 
And then I finally picked up Weapon Shop de Omase. Mm. I did not have that. So, you know, because the thing I need right now is more 3DS games to actually play through. <laughs> I don't have enough that I haven't played. And then there's the one you mentioned earlier. It was it's a new it's a, like a new little like top down like RPG kind of thing. Oh right, um, and I can never—is it Faerun, Faerun, something like that? Something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to get that because my, my, know a friend of mine bought that, and I think it's like three dollars or something like that. Yeah, I, I mean, like I put maybe an hour or two into the Japanese version, and I liked it. Oh, okay. I, I haven't, I, I, for some reason, something else pulled my attention away from it, and I haven't played it since. But I liked it. Yep. So. There you go. Oh, and then I I picked up uh, Game Boy Tetris ah. because Nintendo pulled that. Yes. So if, if you did not get Tetris, it's gone forever. Or until they like buy the. Or until they yeah, since they <laughs> the rights or, or whatever. But I think that's it. Yeah. Is there anything else? Anything that we need to cover? We didn't have any mail. So, um, mm. yeah, people should email us, even if it's just bitching at us about what we got wrong. Tell us how horrible we are for not knowing the Trails of the Sky series. Mm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Some will send like an eight-page eight letter. <laughs> fully detailing the entire history of the series. And, and it's, it's like it's one of those games that just... it's it's. Like I'm scared to play them because I just you know they're gonna be so talky, yeah. and I just can't always deal with talky RPGs. Like you know, a, a good visual novel I'm totally into, but talky RPGs just drive me crazy at this point sometimes. Yeah, and I know those are gonna be real talky. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so yeah, you can email us at nichiest at morningproject.com. Um, if you do email us say something that actually makes us know that you're writing to us because we're getting a lot of spam for some <laughs> reason. So you can put my name or Ann's name or Brian's name or just something that says like, you know, so that you don't look like spam. But uh, yeah, so email us and then I think we're going to try to be back in a month, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So until then, for Ann and Brian, I am Shidoshi, and this has been another episode of the Nichiest Podcast Ever.